0: Welcome to Rhythm Church Online. I'm Jeff, from the pastor, and this is.
1: I'm Erin. I'm Jeff's wife. Welcome to Church Online. We're so glad you're here with us.
0: So right now, we actually you're watching online, and we're meeting in person on Sunday mornings. And it's been actually really cool. It's been incredible. We've had um, a good amount of people show back up, and. Uh, but it's cool that you're home because, again, we are all different comfort levels. And as a matter of fact, we've got some people in this room tonight that aren't necessarily comfortable yet gathering with a bunch of other people. And so we're trying to, we're trying to be as accommodating as possible. I think we're doing a good job. Thanks, babe. I mean, we are, not just me. Anyways, okay. Hey, um, so if you are watching online, um, on our website, you can go to myrhythmchurch.com. There's a page there for our Sunday service. It's got stuff for kids ministry. It's got worship um, from our worship uh, pastors, Christina and CJ. Uh, it's got a place for you to fill out um, a communication card, a digital communication card to let us know how you're doing. It's got a, a spot for you to give as well online, um, just to continue to support the mission and vision of Rhythm Church. And a matter of fact, if you would give online, if you'd set up automated giving, so that way we have an idea of what's going to be a reoccurring and it helps us plan boldly for the future and know how it is we can continue to better reach our community. And we've actually done some really cool stuff. I'm going to do some even cooler. I don't know if cooler is the word. It's a great word. Thanks, babe. We're going to do some cooler stuff in the coming future. Uh, And we want to know, too, if you are in need like if you have any needs we know that a lot of people have been laid off during this time we know that, that you know uh, kids are going through all sorts of stuff is happening if you're in need please fill out a digital communication card let us know shoot us an email and we will try to help you out in any way shape or form
1: that we can ultimately we want you to feel like this is your church not yes. that you're just watching us every week but that right. you are a part of what we do here And that Mm -hmm. you feel connected to the Lord and connected to your pastor and the staff and the team here at Rhythm Church. And the way that you can do that um, is by participating in the things that we've made available at MyRhythmChurch.com.
0: Awesome. And then post on social media. Let us know where you're watching from and all that stuff. And then, or if next steps, if you want to be baptized, there's a thing on there for next steps, you want to be baptized, or maybe you've given your life to to Jesus over this time through watching uh, our sermons. So we'd love to know that stuff. Just, it helps us stay connected with you as well, because we're praying for you. We're praying for you. We are praying for you. And
1: our prayer today is that you would feel the tangible love of God. That's right. Fill your home right now. There's a difference between knowing God loves you mm. and feeling his love for you. And so we pray right now Preach. in your homes, in your jammies or your Sunday best okay. that you would feel God just wrap you up in his arms.
0: Awesome. We awesome. love you. We love you. I'm going to switch mics with you because your mic is better than it's mine. Better. Can, can I have I'll a kiss?
1: Take
0: this. Yes, you can. Mm. I feel those chains falling. Okay, hey, so anyways, we're in our comeback uh, season uh, series, so if you would please turn with me in your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation, book of Revelation chapter number two. Chapter number two, um, we're going to read verses 12 through 17. And actually as well, I mean, it's, they're probably on the same page. I'm going to read uh, chapter 1, 12 through 16 also, just because uh, for the next couple of weeks, anyways, this week and next, um, this description of... Jesus, uh, and he's talking to John, it's going to be very relevant to the, the passages that we're reading. And so, uh, in J- Revelation chapter 1, it's 12 through 16, 12 through 16. Um, Are you there? Are you guys there? I'm assuming you are. If not, maybe you can pause the video or something. Okay, here we are, but you can't pause me right now. Heyo. All right, Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 16, and this is... Uh, This is the description that John sees. This is Jesus, and John's saying this is what Jesus looks like as he's speaking to me. He says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool. As white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth, listen to this, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Okay, now here we go. This is. The description now, Jesus, right here he is, now he's talking. This is to the angel of the church of Pergamum. Now, Pergamum, it's, it sucks to say. It's, it's just so hard. It's like a, it makes me tongue-tied. So I'm going to go off the Greek pronunciation, which is Pergamos. Pergamos, okay. To the church in Pergamos, right. These are the words of him who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Here we go. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give the person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Um, Today, I like to just speak on this idea in our Comeback Season series on come back to his word. Come back to his word let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We just ask now that it would come and that it would impact our hearts. It would impact our minds. God, speak to us. Teach us. Encourage us. um, Convict us. But Lord, ultimately, don't let us be the same than when we first started listening to this message. In Jesus' name, we love you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Um, Not to start off on a really kind of depressing note. But I'm going to. Um, I I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired. Like, this this whole last few months has just been tiring. It's been tiring with um, everything that's going on in our nation. It's been tiring with the illness. And and it's been tiring. Like, I... I don't want, um, I don't want to look at social media anymore. Like I'm over social media. I'm over the media in general, but I keep going back to it. I'm like, I'm kind of like an addict a little bit. Like I just keep, I keep coming back to it. I keep checking it and I know I shouldn't because after every time I just feel bad, I feel like drained. i you know, um, I, I'm, I'm looking, it's interesting. Like and maybe you guys can relate, I'm looking for some sort of fulfillment and satisfaction when I, when I open up Instagram or when I open up Facebook or, and all, all I get at the end of it, or when I turn on YouTube to watch the latest news videos and all that stuff, and all I get at the end of it is just kind of a sinking feeling. Or I get maybe um, an overwhelming sense of fear or, uh, uh, or a sense of urgency to do something, but I don't know what to do. But I do notice, though, that when I find myself grounded in his word, when I find myself in, in scripture, when I find myself in prayer, when I find myself in worship, I, I, I don't feel afraid. Um, I have a greater sense of urgency and what to do on how to love people and on how to react and how to respond. And, but but it's, it, so even knowing this, even feeling those two things, I will, I'll still kind of like lean into what culture is doing at the moment, right? Um, the the church here in in uh, Pergamos is is very much dealing with this uh, This being drawn towards the culture and it's very much dealing with like now wrestling with their faith and with culture and how those two Things intersect and how they and how they connect and Jesus starts off when speaking to many he, he, he applauds them for staying true to his name that even in the midst of all the craziness that they that they're experiencing in their city, even in all that craziness, they're still staying true to his name. And again, kind of like last week, their craziness is, is, is people are getting in prison, people are losing jobs, or losing income. It's because, the, because of their faith, because of being Christian. So even in the midst of this, they're still traing, staying true. And he says, hey, and even in the time of Antipas, now Antipas was, was like was the first martyr in this city. Now, martyr just means witness, but we've taken it today to mean those who have actually died for their faith. So even in this, even in his day, when he died for his faith, you still you still stayed true, and I think partly because people were encouraged by his faith. People saw how serious he was about the Lord. People saw how um, how much he cared. He was a, again the word modern just means witness. He was a true witness. He was a true representation in this city of who Jesus is to people. And when people see your true witness, when people see your acts of faith, when people see your, your relationship with Jesus lived out on a daily basis, it encourages them to stay strong as well. Because, but, but you know what? I, I, I get it because Satan, he lives in your city. <laughs> like, what a, what a bummer. <laughs> you know, like, like Satan, he lives, he's, he's posted up in your cities. He's in your, he's in your neighborhood says so Satan lives in your city. But what he's trying to, to do is make them aware that, that yes, yeah, Satan is alive and he's, he's moving, he's working. We talked a little bit about last week that there is a spiritual battle going on, that there's so much in the unseen realm that matters way more than what's happening in the seen realm. That, and, and, and actually within this city, too, they would have understood that there was, a, there was an actual temple. And this temple was, um, the, the figurehead of it was a serpent. Was the figurehead was the serpent. And the serpent um, was the, for, for the Romans, it was the God of, I can't pronounce its name, but it was the God of healing and knowledge. The God of healing and knowledge. And if you go back to the, the beginning and read in Genesis and the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil, there's all that stuff that's interwoven, but we don't, we don't have time for that. But anyways, basically, it's, it's what God should be for us, knowledge, wisdom, and of course our healer. The enemy was trying to set up to make it look like that. As a matter of fact, you would go into this temple. If you were sick, you would go into the temple and you would try, you would stay there overnight and you would lay out and they had snakes that slithered all around within the temple. It's so creepy. It just, I hate snakes. I'm like Indiana Jones. Can't stand them. Um, <laughs> thank you. Indiana Jones fans? Come on, Indiana Jones fans? Come on. Okay, give me a thumbs up or like or something online. So they, they would lay out and if the snake slithered over you in the middle of the night, you were, you were, it was like that God had touched you and you would now be healed, even though they, they wouldn't necessarily be healed. But that's what Satan does. Satan is a counterfeit to what God is in the real. Satan will always try to counterfeit what God does. So he wants to trick people into thinking that he is the knowledge, that he is the healer, that there is some greater depth, there's something else going on. That, and so Satan's going to try to, he's the counterfeit. As a matter of fact, it says in scripture that he's, he's the father of lies. And when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. It says that in John chapter, I believe, chapter 8, something like that, somewhere in there. Yeah. John chapter 8, verse 44, for those of you guys at home. John chapter 8, it says, so he's, he's, he's a liar. And he likes to puff up and, and he likes to make us think that he likes to create fear within us. And it says in First in Peter chapter five verses eight, it says that, that Satan is like, a, is like a roaring lion. Who goes around looking for someone he can devour but it says he's like one he is not one he's like one meaning he's counterfeit he's a counterfeit line why because we serve the true line the line of the tribe of Judah who is Jesus Christ who is the real roaring lion who can really heal who's who's everything and then some to us can I get an amen I mean that was like but 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 we we can get so caught up and when you're surrounded by this in culture when you're surrounded by people who are giving in constantly to the lies of the enemy It's hard to it's hard to fight that, and it starts to shape culture. And we see now that these believers are beginning to be influenced by the popular culture, as opposed to influencing the popular culture. Um, See, this this city was not it was not like you know. In the past couple weeks, we've talked about these cities, you know, being port cities. This city was not a port city. This city was not a a city of trade. This was a city of, of of culture, not of commerce. It was a city of culture, not of, not of commerce. Meaning it, was, it wasn't a big business epicenter. It was a place where people went to learn. And it was a place that began to set the culture for the other cities around. Um, it had the second largest um, library library in the entire, I believe, Roman Empire with over 200,000 volumes of works that people could go and read. It had a medical school there. Like, these are where great minds came. They would go to the city, and they would think, and they would talk, and they would discuss, and then they would go back to the other cities and stuff and begin to create and set trends and culture. And part of this had to do with with, with sexual immorality and idolatry. and And when Jesus is telling them that, you know, some of you guys are actually into these, these teachings now of Balaam, and some of you guys now are actually into the teachings of the Nicolaitans. And the Nicolaitans were those that would take Scripture and they would twist it, they would bend it. It was this thing called Gnosticism. And one, their, their main teaching was like, look, it's, your, your body is really different than your spirit, meaning if your body is into these sexual things, if your body is into these sins, if your body is into idolatry, it doesn't necessarily mean that your spirit is. And so, therefore, these things can be separate in your life. Not understanding, or maybe not even giving into the fact that no, our spirit directly impacts our body. What happens in the spiritual eventually manifests in the natural. And then, and and, and the whole idea with 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 Balaam. Well, Balaam was uh, okay. So Balak, we got to go Old Testament. We got to go back. It's like Old Testament. I believe it's the Book of Numbers. But um, Balak was a king, and when the Israelites were coming into his his country. Uh, he hired Balaam, who is a, this priest of, of a false god, to say, hey, I need you to go curse the Israelites. I need you to curse them. I need you to just curse them up. You know, like there are blessed people, I can tell. I need you to make sure that stuff starts falling apart for them, and so on and so forth. And so every time Balaam would go to curse the Israelites, he couldn't. All he could do is speak Blessings. All he could do was bless them. And this made Balak mad. He's like, yo, dude, I'm hiring you to do a job, and you ain't getting it done. And Balaam said, you know what? If I, I, can't curse, I can't curse God's people. So side note, um, the enemy can't curse you, but he can distract you. So what Balaam did was Balaam said, you know, if we can't curse them spiritually, what we can do is we can begin to distract them physically. So he says, let's get them to eat food sacrificed to idols. And let's get them to, to, to give in to sexual immorality. Let's, let's get them into these things. Let's distract them with these things. And then they'll stop paying attention to the Lord. And that's exactly what happened. And so Jesus is calling out these people now saying, yo, you're giving in to this stuff. You're starting to give in to the culture. You're, you're starting to give in to immorality. You're starting to give in to idolatry. Now, we don't have today like these different gods, I guess we'd say, that we, we serve. But we do have gods we serve called materialism, it's called sexuality, it's called politics, it's called food. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe food. You know, that's fair. There we go. It's, yeah, health, vanity. You know, and, and and we don't necessarily have like temples set up for them, but we've got apps for them. We've got apps for them. You can open up and swipe right. You can open up and find this and do that. I mean, like, we've we've got ways that we, in a sense, serve these other gods today, and they begin to impact us, and they begin to form us, and then we find ourselves in idolatry, and we find ourselves even still in our faith, because this is what Jesus is saying. He's like, look, I know that you're still holding on to my name, but you're starting to give in to these other things, like this this these other things will begin to form you they'll form your ideology the way that you think about life religion politics so on and so forth these things will begin to form that and you you have to be careful of that what influences you like like what are the main influences in your life i don't and i don't just mean people but i mean in, like is the media influencing you is um, are certain gr- maybe groups of people influencing you is the Word of God influencing you? like what are those things that influence you what are you giving into what are what are what what 's forming those things and I think it's a- interesting especially in this time because like politics are so big right now and um, all, you know the race relations all of these different things and and even the way people are thinking about this the the coronavirus and whatnot, I think back, like, what what caused these things, these thoughts and opinions that you have about each and every one of these things, what formed those? What formed those? Like, was it where you were, like, who you were raised by, where you were raised, what area of the, the country or city or whatnot that you were raised in? I mean, all of these things have such an impact and influence on us. Um... And because of that, it requires that we begin to rework ourselves a little bit to align more with Jesus than anything else. So, Jesus says, look, this is what you, you got to do. You got to repent. And we've talked about this for the past few weeks because he calls pretty much every church to, to repent. Again, repent just simply means to change your mind. Change your thought pattern. Change the, the direction in which your, your thoughts and your emotions and everything were headed to repent, turn around, and, and head a different direction. So he says, y- you, have to, you have to repent. And now this, for some of us, like right now, we, we may be headed the right direction in a lot of these areas. We may be like Christ-like in a lot of these areas. But what are those areas that we're not? What are those areas that we do need to repent in? And it says in, in, uh, I'm going to turn there in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's super, super famous scripture. But it says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Again, what the church was beginning to do here. What part of the church is beginning to do here. What I think even a lot of us today are beginning to do or have been doing is we're conforming to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have to change the way that we think. What are those areas in our life where we're conformed to the culture? Like, what are those areas in our lives? And this is for, like, whether you've been a believer for years and years and years, I have to ask myself this question. Where am I conformed? Like, where do I think... What is contrary to scripture, what is contrary to Jesus, where do I think in those areas, maybe in my life or my, my world around me, that I think are okay? Like, what are those areas that I'm conformed to the culture in? Because I'm, I'm not supposed to conform to the culture. Again, believers, as believers, we're supposed to form the culture. So what are those areas? And where those areas are, I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I have to be transformed by the—because— Um, what you feed your mind impacts your heart. What you feed your mind will impact your heart. And So like for me, again, we're feeding, what am I feeding my mind? Am I feeding it scripture on the daily or am I feeding it the social media? Am I feeding it different news things? I'm not saying don't be informed or don't go on social media. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on it later tonight probably but but like but what but <clears throat> but am I being transformed by the word am I feeding that more am I allowing it to transform my mind so it transformed my heart and I know that some of us out here I'm not a, I'm not a reader I'm not a reader my My wife and my daughter are readers. They're hardcore readers. They read a full book in a day, two full books in a day readers. My wife isn't, my daughter is. I'm I'm a, I'll pick up a book and I'll read through half of it over a a number of months and then I'll put it down and I won't ever pick it up again. (laughs) Anyone with me? No? Okay, there's a few. There we go, and a ton at home, that's right. I much I much rather listen to. I'd much rather watch. I'd much rather like. I'm visual. I'm a visual learner, and an an audible, audible, auditory. I'm an auditory learner as well too. So for me to to read is it's laborious. Is that a good word? Yeah. Come on, somebody. i mean, Look at me with my big words. <laughs> um, it's like it, it's hard. Like I don't like it. I'm you know. But. I, i'll do it and i do it because i know it's important to me or the other things that, that i'll do is, is sometimes i'll listen to it i'll listen to it and this the great thing about today is that like it used to be you could get the bible on tape now you can, and then it was you can get the bible on cd and now you can click on any number of websites or apps and people will read the bible for you they will get that word into you um And and this is why it's so important. Again, Jesus is saying, and again, I love this, because he's speaking to the place with the largest library or the second largest library in that nation, right? Second largest library where people are there, they're reading, they're taking in information, and he says, you know how I'm coming to you? I'm coming to you with the sword, the double-edged sword from my mouth. I'm coming to you with my word. I'm coming to you with the real word. I'm coming to you with the real knowledge and the right information for you. I'm coming to you with truth and with love. Is this, this, is, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm going to show up for you all, is in the word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. And man, what a time for us to have the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts judged. Man, what a time for that, right? For us to really like, when, when, when we're looking at what's going on in the world and we're having thoughts and we're having attitudes, does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with his word? And if you would say, I don't know, well, then that's a great time for you to get into your word and find out. It's a great time for you to dig into scripture and say, these things, this article I'm about to post right now, this, this thing I'm about to throw up on social media right now, does it line up with what Jesus says? Does it line up with the totality of scripture and the way that God feels about humanity? The way that I feel about this situation is that the way that Jesus feels about this situation. We need to, I think we need to ask ourselves this more and more and more. And, and to be quite honest, I was really, uh, I was really convicted the other day because um, I was on social media, of course, and I'm just scrolling through, and there's a guy that goes to our church, rad guy, and uh, and I noticed something. I noticed a pattern with him. He just posts a lot of scripture, and he posts a lot of scripture that are that is relevant to what we're seeing in our world today, and I was like, I don't think I've posted any scripture. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, it just it cut me to the heart because I was like, "This is the way to respond, with straight truth." So good. So we need to come back to His Word. He's saying, "I'm, you, you got to lean into this." And and there's a few there's a few things that I know that maybe for for some of you guys this might be elementary, but I. I just I, I want to hit it because it's it's super important that when we read scripture that we have definitely three things in mind that we have context, content, and connection context, context, content, and connection um We tend to read the Bible from a very western American linear mindset like like linear is like 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, 0.4, you know, like that's, like that's the way that we, we roll. And, and we oftentimes read it again from a, an American mindset. Like we think like, you know, Jerusalem was like New York or something like that. Like we, 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 we you know, the American church is way like, we got to go to the ends of the earth. And I think we forget we are the ends of the earth. Like when Jesus said that he was in Jerusalem, which is in Israel, <laughs> you know, like I, we, we, Jesus was a, a first century Jewish man living in Israel under Roman empire rule. And so we have, to, we, we have to, like, acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that Hebrew thought is very circular, not linear, meaning that as you, read through, as you read through some of the epistles, you'll see that, like, Paul hits grace in chapter 1 of Ephesians, then he hits it again in chapter 3 in Ephesians, then again in chapter 5, because he's just coming, he's circling back constantly to these themes and these thoughts. Like, the, the, we have to know who, who the book is written to and why it was written and, and what's going on in those areas at the time. All of that helps us to be able to understand in the, the content of it. And we have to, we have to know, too, that, like, um, s- some, some of the stuff they, they said, like, was, was slang. Like, we have to get what their slang was for that time. You know? Like, we have certain sayings and stuff today that we get that people won't get 20 years from now. You know what I mean? Like, for me, so my 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 kids are in high school and they talk about oh so and so slid up on my story. Well, what do you mean slid slid, slid up on a sto- story? You're sli- you're sliding. Oh, the finger, the story of Instagram. They slid because they're trying to connect with you about your story. Oh, I get it, right? But if I'm like two hundred years from now reading and they slid up on his story, I'm like, <laughs> right? But for me in high school is like, is like, um, yo, uh, he's blown up my beeper and he's and he's, he's got nine one one on there. But like translated, um, my buddy wants me to call him back and it's really important, right? But if you were to read that, they'd be like, why is this little thing that makes noise exploding and wanting them to call the cops about it? Like, what's going what's going on? You know. And there's those are all <laughs> beeper. I'm old. Um, my daughter's in the front row and she goes, is that an actual thing? Yes. Yes, it was an actual thing girl <laughs> But like again, you know, so we read some of that stuff and and if we have to understand what is What is what is figurative language? What is literal language in the Bible? What is poetic? What is descriptive? What, what is a promise and what is a probability? Like, there's all those things, and so it it requires us. I mean, if this thing is going to shape my life, I I need to understand it. I need to get it. And so it's important for us to understand the context. And there's, there's, again, there's all sorts of tools and stuff out there. There's um, the Bible Project. You you can get an app or you can get it on YouTube. It goes through. It's a... cartoon videos. (laughs) They're rad, and it just helps explain things. Um, You can listen to, uh, for the New Testament, there's a guy named N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright's one of the, like, foremost New Testament theologians and helps you understand, especially for this time and era, like, first century, like, what it was like to be a first century um, Jew. Like, it's there, it's out there, and if it matters this much to us, then we should dig into it, right? If it matters this much to us, we should dig into it and then content like like what now what is it saying like what is the content of the scripture what is it saying and then what is it saying to me the connection how does this impact me how does it impact my world how does it impact the people that are in my world because it's not just for us it's for us to get out of us, to impact other people. So we have context, we have content, we have that connection, how is it impacting me? And as we do this, our mind is transformed. It's renewed. Who we are, how we act, what we think, all that stuff begins, begins to be shaped. And he says, if you do this, he says, if you do this, you have your reward. Because if you do this, you have your reward. He says, uh, he says, what is it uh, Oh, I'm in the wrong. I'm like, oh, taxes. That's in Romans still. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you do this, you'll owe taxes. Everyone's like, I ain't reading my Bible ever again. Okay. <laughs> he says, if you do this, um, I will give you the hidden manna. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, What's wait, the, ooh, the hidden manna? It's like the private stash of bread or whatever it is. I'm like, all right, <laughs> thanks, thank you, Jesus. Is this is a gluten-free. I'm excited. You know, like gluten-free manna. Mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, for, manna was this miraculous food provision that you, we see in the Old Testament when the Israelites were roaming around the desert. But you see throughout Scripture that Jesus is re, is referred to as the manna. And in John chapter 6, verse 41, it, it, he's saying that he is the manna. You'll, you'll receive the hidden manna, meaning that, that you're going to receive more of him. That as you get into this, you receive more of Jesus. You know him better. Like the parts of him that were hidden to you will no longer be hidden. He's not, he's, he's not a guy that hides himself from you. He's a guy that wants to reveal and say, here I am, and this is what I'm about. And, and so you, you start to get those things that were hidden from you to become revealed, and you get more of Jesus. And then secondly, as we close, we receive a white stone. Now, a white stone, um, again, they would have understood at this time that a white stone was oftentimes, it was like a ticket to a banquet. It was a ticket to a banquet. It was a sign of friendship. It was, uh, it meant there was like a closeness there. It would oftentimes be given to those who were victorious again in battle and and in games and stuff. And says, I'll give you the white stone. And I think about like a ticket to a banquet. And, John, and sorry, in Luke chapter 14, he talks about the, the wedding banquet. And we're to go out on the highways and the byways and get everyone we can into this banquet with the king. So we get this, we get that white ticket. We get that white stone. A sign of friendship. And he says, on there will be written a new name for you. A new name for you no one can name me except from my parents. Where did you receive your name from? Well, some of you guys were like, when I was 18, I changed it. Well, good for you, but originally, no one can really truly change your essence, your name, who you are of, except for Jesus. He says, I'm gonna give you a white stone with a new name on it. People, we have to come back to our word, especially in this season come back to his word let's pray father we thank you so much for this time that we had together lord we just pray that it impacts us deeply that it changes our very essence and who we are lord that we'd find ourselves in a place where no longer are we being influenced by the culture but we're influencing culture lord i pray that we would repent in the areas we need to repent in lord that you would renew who we are and that we would receive the reward for being near to you Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and we trust you. It's your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us, church. We'll see you next week.